You're listening to The Wilder Podcast. Episode 9 with Amanda Duran. I'm so excited about this episode, you guys. This episode was literally, I don't know, it was just so chock full of juicy, delicious perspective, advice, inspiration um, for, I think, anybody, even if you're not struggling with any sort of um, exercise addiction or food weirdness or over-exercising or weird relationship with exercise can benefit from this. Because, I don't know, I feel like there's always a bunch of releasing we can do when it comes to trying to be in full control of our body all the time. And this really... I feel like has helped even myself think more in in the intuitive movement category because it is really easy to have a schedule and like stick with it and like not care about like what your body is telling you when you wake up in the morning and just kind of like go into the motions of you know working out doing a high intensity exercise or just going to your hot yoga class or whatever and just not even like listening to what your body has to say. Um, In this episode, I speak with Amanda Duran, who is just so inspiring, super talented, and she just blows my mind. She's a Pilates instructor, health coach, eating psychology coach, and she is actually releasing this incredible course and I think the enrollment begins September 30th um or yeah I think it's the 30th and it's called the liberated movement um method course and it's a six-week course with Pilates videos audio lectures cool bonus modules everything that'll help you restart reset and really start listening to your body when it comes to exercise and your relationship with exercise and she also offers one-on-one coaching for any suda any sort of um food relationship issue that you want to work on I am like so in love with her I found her randomly and then I found out she's like best friends with Katie Dalebout who came on my podcast and you guys freaked out over that episode with her she's incredible um so yeah a little announcements for me I guess nothing too big (laughs) I guess I mean there's a there's something I'm going to be launching um around Halloween that I'm going to keep to myself for now but it's some really 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 big stuff that we are so excited about and until then I'll keep doing the podcast we have a few sponsors that are going to um start coming on the podcast which I'm really excited about as well I've said really excited about several times now but um yeah so that's really cool turning the podcast into a little bit more of something that I can get a little bit of money for from um in addition to just like being my the the most fun thing that I do um yeah I don't know guys I'm I was I just got do you you know could you hear me trailing <laughs> trailing off just now I like my phone went off and I was like what malfunction but anyway I'm just gonna let you go <laughs> so that you can dive into this episode okay sounds good um well I'm Amanda I'm an eating psychology coach and a stop Pilates instructor and I work with young women young creative women to help them put an end to restrictive rule-based eating um, break up with binge eating and create a more intuitive, flexible, and kind of just like free relationship with fitness. My story is kind of long, so just cut me off when you want to. I'm down. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, like growing up, I never really had any issues with food or my body. Um, I lived a pretty normal childhood. What well, I guess it's not really normal now because most children now have a lot of issues with food in their body. But mm-hmm. back then, it was pretty normal. Um, I was always very active and very body conscious types of sports like dance and gymnastics and cheerleading. 
Um, so that was kind of like always in the back of my mind. Like I was always a tiny girl. I never had issues with weight. Um, but like always maintaining some sort of perfection, whether it be with like my dance routines or having to be small enough to have people throw me up into the air, but it never really started to affect me until after I quit those sports. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I was in high school, I ended up quitting all of those things and I got really into fashion design and art. Mm. Um, yeah. So I spent most of my time designing and going to like fashion programs during the summer. And just, I like went all in with that and completely left the fitness part of me behind. And then I started to notice my body changing a little bit. Not much, but a little bit. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I need to start working out. So I'm like a senior in high school and I just like do random like workout videos. And like I joined this really intense boot camp type of gym and start taking like spin classes and I get into weightlifting. Not a big deal. Um, some body image issues started to come up just normal as if you're a senior in high school and you're kind of insecure. Mm -hmm. um, things didn't start to get bad with me until I left for college. So I won a big scholarship to FIT in New York. So as soon as I graduated high school, I went off to design school and things got bad. Um, mm -hmm. You think like when you hear fashion school and you hear the fashion industry that, you know, like, oh, like being obsessed with being skinny and everything, it's bad, but it's getting better. It is in the industry, but when you're in school, it's so bad. Like all these girls are so young and impressionable mm -hmm. that everyone is obsessed with being thin. Um, literally, people would not eat and they would just like drink coffee and smoke. And I was already like very health conscious. I had been vegan for three years. I went vegan in high school. So I was like, oh, I'll be fine. You know, like I'm just going to eat my food and do my work and go to the gym and that's going to be my life. Um, but something about being around the energy of having people being obsessed with being thin or asking me all the time, like, do you want to go work out with me? Um, you're just like hearing girls purge in the bathroom and having professors mm -hmm. literally say you can never be thin enough while we're drawing like six foot tall models. <laughs> like oh. it got, yeah, it got to my head obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started to become obsessed with working out and trying to perfect my body because I had already been eating well. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I didn't have to go on a diet or anything cause I was already eating <laughs> minimal food and vegan. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started working out for hours a day. Like I would go on my lunch breaks and I would go after school, after I finished all of my work. Um, and it got to the point where I didn't care about design anymore. It literally took away all of the passion that I had for art, it took away all of my creativity. All I could think about was perfecting my body and getting my waist to be so many inches and growing my muscles and getting really lean. Like everything that I worked so hard for, um, all of the awards that I won and all the internships I had, like I didn't care about them anymore because I was so obsessed with mm -hmm. working out. I was like on an endorphin high all the time. I was literally addicted to it and you can actually become addicted to endorphins. Um, like endorphins are great. We can get them from exercise. They're amazing. But when you start over exercising, it requires, it's, it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's like someone's addicted to alcohol, but you gain tolerance. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, so it requires more exercise to even feel endorphins. So like in the beginning, I could do like an hour workout and feel really great. I could relieve all my stress. I could, you know, whatever. And then after a while, like the more and more you work out, like I could be working out for four hours and not feel the same way that I would from a one hour workout because you become so addicted to it. And that's what happened to me. I became addicted to exercise and endorphins and the way it made me feel because I was so lonely and depressed and just by myself in New York. And yeah, so that happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I realized like, what am I doing? I don't like fashion design anymore because obviously I was obsessed with working out. Mm -hmm. Um, I should just become a personal trainer and a health coach. Like that's what people come to me for anyways. So <laughs> I went back home to Michigan and I enrolled in integrative nutrition and I got certified as a personal trainer, but things got worse. <laughs> um, 
I started to become even more obsessed with moving my body and trying to eat perfectly clean. I left my vegan diet behind and I kind of just started eating whole foods. Um, but it was just an obs- it became an obsession for me. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to say I was orthorexic because it wasn't to that point, but it was like mild orthorexia. Yeah. Um, yeah. And <laughs> it's funny because I, I call it, I was on a high fact diet. Like I just knew too much. Yeah. And so yeah, I hired my own coach, which I think is really important to have a coach, even if you're a health coach yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was more focused on body love. And then I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Like I said, that was great. But I also attended the Institute for Psychology of Eating. And that's when things really started to transform for me, for myself, my personal journey, and also for my clients. I started focusing less on what are we eating, but how are we eating and how are we thinking about the food that we're eating and how are we thinking about the way we're moving our bodies and getting more into body love and more intuitive way to eat and move. And so that's where I'm at now. I've been kind of in this world of eating psychology and Pilates and intuitive movement for two years now. And um, my life is a million times better. I am so much happier. I don't have to worry about what my body looks like or anything or like what I'm putting into my mouth. It just feels so free and like easy for me now, which Mm -hmm. is my goal for my clients to not always have to worry about and criticize what they're putting in their mouths or if they're going to get to the gym or not on time. And so just to make it really fun and easy and just feel good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I went, I actually did the Institute of Integrative Nutrition as well to become a health coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really did help me as well. I totally agree with like coaches needing coaches too. That's like a be- very true and real statement um I there's so many things about your story that like totally hit me too like just like things that I have seen in my own self too um uh do you feel like a lot of your tendencies like were and I know you mentioned this a lot on your blog and in your um Instagram captions just like that perfectionistic mentality of like needing to control this that and the other do you I know that you mentioned exercise addiction but do you feel like your it was kind of your safety blanket when you were 18 and in New York and maybe mm-hmm. like lonely do you feel like it was a way to cope with that or do you feel like it was kind of its separate thing yeah it was it definitely started as that um I was 18 and completely alone living on my own in New York and um I was lonely and I was sad and missing my long distance boyfriend. And um, it was, it was at first, it was a way to relieve stress. Um, But also, you know, there were underlying body image issues, the reasons why I was Mm -hmm. going for (laughs) runs and going and taking a million workout classes. But it was also, it made me feel good. It made me get rid of all the stress I had and not think about like all this work I had to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it was definitely a way to control that. But Really, it started by me being, I want to perfect my body because I think that if I perfect my body, everything else is going to be great and my life is going to be awesome and I'm going to like be really successful as a designer because designers have to have perfect bodies. Yeah. No idea where this mindset's coming <laughs> from, <laughs> but that's what I thought. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And then obviously it turned into more of an addiction Yeah, because- absolutely. I mean, it turns into, like, this primal thing, too. I mean, like, I feel like whenever you start, like, giving your attention and energy to something and and just being so obsessive over it, like, after a certain amount of time, it's, you know, proven that you have these instincts that kick in that, like, want you to continue or, you know, want you to obsess. And it's, I mean, it's it's redonkulous it really is it's it's something that is hard to I feel like it's hard to explain if you've never actually struggled with some of that stuff and um yeah but it's it literally is a very real like chemical thing that happens Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it it becomes so out of your control um Mm -hmm. which I think is fair to say that it is it does function like as an addiction and it is it does behave that way in in the sense that you do feel a little you know out of control with it and like you well that leads me I I was wondering when since I know that you are a spin instructor and 
are you a spin instructor? That's what I was reading. Spin instructor and Pilates? I'm certified as a spin instructor okay. in a personal training um, and like group fitness, but I don't teach that. I okay. only teach Pilates, Pilates. now. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so what was there a turning point that made like that helped you kind of find the balance and like, was it like falling in love with Pilates and like the movements that you were able to do with that, like made you more in tune with your body or was there something that did you have to give up what you were doing entirely and kind of reset or did you like have a slow transition? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. I hired that coach and she was amazing and she was like, you need to stop working out. <laughs> right? Going from working out three hours a day, sometimes more, to not working out at all was like the hardest thing I could ever do. Did you do life. it? Like cold turkey, you did that? And I did it cold turkey because I knew that I wanted to get better. Like I lost my period. I mm-hmm. had really bad acne. I was always exhausted. Uh, my adrenals were just completely oh, yeah. <laughs> gone, right? So... Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could do was, like, walk and do some, like, really gentle stretching or yin yoga, and um, I did that, and I did it for a while. I mean, everyone's journey is really different with this, but mine, I gave up exercise for about a year, Um, like, actual exercise besides just, like, moving my body and, like, taking walks and parking further and making sure I take the stairs, Um, but yeah, and then... I, after that whole year, it was really, really hard for me to see myself in the gym again or taking like the boot camp classes I was taking and doing spin and everything. Um, and I tried it out again, mm-hmm. but it just didn't feel right to me. It's not what I truly enjoyed. Um, it's what I thought I enjoyed, but it's really the only type of movement that I was aware of and kind of like what society thinks of like when you work out, you go to the gym or you go for yeah. a run. It's not like, there's so many different ways to move your body and I'm making air quotes right now, work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so I just started experimenting and I literally tried every form of movement I could possibly think of from indoor rock climbing to doing like some of my favorite childhood things like taking dance classes um, and I tried yoga, I tried kickboxing, like literally every single thing, pool dancing. Um, and then I found Pilates. And I think the reason that I really fell in love with Pilates was because the studio I was going to was so body positive. And mm. the owner of the studio was like the most amazing person I've ever met. Um, so inspiring and just so like you felt so welcomed there and there was no judgments and there was no talk about body or getting your abs ready for summer, like being able to fit into those little shorts, you know? Yeah. Which I find that like other Pilates studios, when you go into them, it can be, it can be like that. It's very body conscious and, you know, there's just a stigma of Pilates being for like this little dancer body. But when I went into the studio, it was like, there were so many different types of bodies and everyone was welcomed. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I started taking classes there and the owner was the person that inspired me to become certified. And so I went through my certification, which took me over a year. It's really intense. Um, and now I kind of inspired by her teach a more body positive approach to Pilates Mm -hmm. and just having it be a way to get inside of your body and be more mindful because it does require a huge mind body connection. And I find that a lot of people, especially if they have any body image, body image issues or if they're addicted to exercise or if they just have like a crappy relationship with exercise whether they're addicted or maybe they hate exercise they check out of their body when they move so Mm -hmm. becoming really aware of how does my body feel when I'm moving and what am I actually doing what muscles am I actually working how is this making me feel physically but also mentally and emotionally um, and like what thoughts am I having while moving about my body? Are they positive or are they negative? Am I not thinking of them all, at all? Am I completely checking out? So I started doing that and that's the approach I have with all of my clients with movement. Um, but I really credit it all to that studio that I went to and I understand that most people don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. So you know, and that's the main form of exercise that I really like to do. Like I get excited when I go take a Pilates class and or just doing it on my own. Like I love it. It makes me feel good, but 
I say for all my clients and all my friends, like what lights you up? It might be going for a hike. It might be going rollerblading. Um, it could be, you know, taking yoga. It could be anything. But like what lights you up and what makes you excited before you do the workout? I mean, obviously, there are going to be days that like you set your alarm to go to like a 6 a.m. class like I did today. And I'm like, um, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to sleep in. Um, but you know, it should most of the time make you feel really good and make you excited and it should be fun and it should be inspire you to love your body, inspire you to get into your body. So did that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it made me think of, okay, so this morning you waking up and being like, eh, do you, mm-hmm. is that like kind of your perception on intuitive movement is like yes. listening to your body and being like, hey, maybe this is not what I want to do today, even though I love doing this most days. Maybe I could not do that or do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so what do you – if if like the people that are listening, if they want to start getting more – I know you mentioned um, practicing embodiment mm-hmm. on your and, you know, getting like what you just mentioned, like listening to what's going on in your body when you're moving and then um, what you – moving your body the way you want to when you want to if do you have any tips for the people that maybe want to explore intuitive movement a little bit further in their own daily life and kind of get out of their their exercise confusing uh obsessive bubble yeah for sure um so number one I always no matter what you're doing whether you are moving your body if you're sitting on the couch kind of like just becoming a really aware of how is my body feeling right now? Um, I like to do this kind of body check-in when I wake up in the morning Mm -hmm. before I even get out of bed. Um, I kind of just like start thinking from literally my toes all the way up to my head and just tune in like, what am I feeling right now? Do I feel any stiffness? Am I feeling any tension? Um, you know, am I feeling good? Like, do I want to pounce out of bed today? Or do I like want to slowly get out of bed? Like, how's my energy level? Um, and then once I get up to like my head, I go into my mindset and be like, okay, what am I thinking? What's the first thought that comes to my head today? Or what's the first thought that comes to my head about my body or moving my body? And is it positive? Is it negative? Um, becoming really aware of, I call it like, our inner mean girl, some people call it the inner critic. Um, like what are those thoughts that you're having and what are those thoughts that are on repeat throughout the day? So like you can do this body check-in throughout your entire day, not just when you wake up in the morning, but like when you're at work sitting at your desk, like, okay, how am I feeling? Do I want to stand up? Do I want to go take a walk? Like, am I good to sit here for longer periods of time? Like what thoughts am I having? Especially if you get really in tune with these negative thought patterns that you're having and those are going to like be either the catalyst for you to go work out and probably do a workout that you don't really want to or that you don't enjoy because you're doing it because you hate a certain part of your body or are those thoughts positive? Are they not anything about your body and just about your life Um, and having those kind of set the tone for how you want to move your body. So like today for me, I woke up, I was a little bit tired. Um, probably like going to be that time of the month for me in a few days. <laughs> so a um, little bit tired. I was going to go to a class. I never actually schedule classes for myself, um, which I know like if you do studio fitness classes, sometimes they require you to schedule and um, it keeps you accountable, right? Mm-hmm. but I never do that because what I want to do, like say last night I decided I wanted to go to this class, but obviously it changed. I felt really tired this morning, so I didn't want to get up and go. So I didn't. And just really, really listening to, okay, how is my body feeling? Is movement, would it, would it have given me energy to wake up at 6 a.m. to go take a class or would it given me more en- energy to have an hour and a half more of sleep? Mm -hmm. probably more sleep. Like that's what I needed, but sometimes it would have been the class. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just like, it's so hard to listen to your body and people say it all the time. Just listen to your body when it comes to eating and moving. Like it's so freaking hard to do that, Mm -hmm. but it's really just about checking in and seeing, okay, how am I feeling? like really getting in tune with how your body is physically feeling and then how are you emotionally feeling? Like, do you have anything 
in your brain that is going on that you're holding in any emotions that you are holding in that you're restricting and that you haven't released. And maybe that's like a great reason to go exercise. Maybe you have like a lot of anger built up in you or a lot of ton of stress and you've tried every other stress relieving technique that you have out on there on the planet. Like you've meditated, you've done whatever your self-care practices, and then you want to go move your body and do something. Maybe it's yoga or maybe you want to go for a run, whatever you enjoy doing, but to get that energy out. Because I think that mm-hmm. a lot of us are reasons that we have struggles moving our body intuitively is because we're not connected to the mind body part. Like we're, we can easily connect to how our body is physically feeling like, Oh, my back hurts. Oh, I'm tired. You know, like, Oh, I'm sore here. But like really connecting to how you're emotionally feeling. We, especially as women, um, we hold that stuff in a lot Mm -hmm. and you know, that manifests (laughs) as a lot of different health issues Um, or we just blow up one day, (laughs) but I think that if you're able to really connect emotionally to how you're feeling and what's going on and allow yourself to express those motion emotions through movement, that you can really start to get onto a path of intuitively moving your body because I mean, our emotions are intuition. So if you are moving your body because you are, are really sad and you just kind of want to like move through that sadness, then amazing. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that helped at all, but that was kind of long. No, it (laughs) one really really easy thing Mm -hmm. though to do is like I said, experiment Mm -hmm. to find what you like and what you enjoy. I think that's the number one thing I always have people do is just like ditch any rules, any dogma that you have about moving your body. Like literally, like I know most people like schedule their either workouts or they make like a plan or they follow a guide or something, but just get rid of that and just each day try something new and try something that sounds fun each day. Something that sounds like it will feel good or that it will be fun and make you laugh, make you smile. Mm-hmm. And like let that kind of guide you as like the starting point uh, how do I want to move my body from now on yeah I totally totally love that I I experience a lot of that I feel like because hot yoga is one of those things that I um I always go back and forth with based on like it's kind of like an intuitive thing with me because it's something that I was super passionate about for like a year and then I don't know I just like one day in class I realized that I was not enjoying not moving that much I was like Mm -hmm. I'm not moving enough I feel like I want to jump around in this moment but I'm too hot you know like there's Mm. there's nothing I'm stuck in this pose and I know that half of it has to do with like the mental aspect of like being in a pose and like like breathing into it and then Mm -hmm. it's like that like symbolic nature of yoga like breathing into Mm -hmm. it and then it will pass but like for me it was a consistent thing that my intuition was like maybe you should try something else every time I would go maybe you should just try something else tomorrow and then I finally did start doing more of like an interval training thing but that was something Mm -hmm. that I did kind of like I only do whenever I do have a ton of energy and I'm like, yeah. I just want to get this out. I'm feeling super energized. And that's like that. I have a lot of fun with that. But if I don't have any energy, girl, you bet I'm doing that. Like I am very tired. <laughs> I think yeah. sleeping or resting or like maybe just sitting down would possibly be a better use of my energy right now because mm-hmm. it would help like restore that instead of expel what you are needing to replenish, you know? Exactly. Like working out should not deplete your energy. I always say you should, your cup should always be half full when you're done moving your body. So mm-hmm. if you're completely wiped out and drained, like you went too hard yeah. or you weren't doing the right type of movement that you needed to in that moment for whatever you were feeling. I know. And yeah. I feel like the there's a huge struggle with, um, with classes or um, videos or anything you find on Pinterest or social media that I feel like it's really hard for women to understand that everybody's fitness level, everybody's body, energy level, circumstances are so unique and different to each person. So Mm -hmm. like maybe you aren't going to be able to do the exact amount of reps that the person next to you is doing or that you did yesterday or you know it's like it's always changing and so if you can just tap into that notion of like oh I am feeling more fatigued today 
because this, this, and that possibly, you know, and I don't need to punish myself or feel bad about myself or like feel like I need to push harder. Yeah. <laughs> like pushing right? harder is go like. Go hard, go home. Yes. Uh, I know. Gentle. It's so frustrating, especially working in the fitness industry and just like hearing my colleagues say some of the cues that they say in class. Like I literally don't go to some people that I work with their classes just because I don't like the way they they teach and the way that they talk and speak about bodies and the thing is like I hear this all the time from women who come to me who want to be like fit and toned and you know they see like the fitspo on Pinterest and Instagram and it's always of these women who are really like lean and they've got like six-pack abs and they look so fit whatever that means but the thing is you can't actually see fitness Mm -hmm. like it's not a size, it's not a weight, it's not a six pack. It's really just expressed in action. It's ease of movement and loads of energy and reduced risk of disease and having like a vibrancy that kind of defies age a little bit, but it's not what you're going to see in a magazine. It's not what you're going to see on the Instagram feed of that fitness model that you Mm -hmm. follow. Like bodies are not perfect and they're all imperfectly perfect, right? Like they display stories and some people are going to have more muscle definition in their abdominals. Others will see it in their arms or their butts or their legs. We're all so different. And then some people are going to be able to easily build muscle while others are going to be able to like not build muscle at all, but be able Mm -hmm. to run super fast. So we're also different. Those like fitspo, I say cues because I'm an instructor, (laughs) um, (laughs) like motivational quotes or whatever about like going hard and like whatever. I can't even think of them anymore because I don't, I try really hard not to pay attention. Yeah, block them out. But they are so dangerous. They just put us into this mindset that, you know, all bodies should look the same way and that Mm -hmm. you should all, everyone should have six pack abs and like that's what fitness means, but it's not. You can't determine someone's fitness level by looking at what their body looks like. Like athletes come in all different shapes and sizes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that a really good example of that is like looking at the women that competed and won in the Olympics as of lately. There was like like the shot put winner versus like an Olympian or a swimmer. It's like everybody's (laughs) – and they're such pros at their sport. They've done it their entire life, but their body types are completely different you know, there, it's just, it's, it was a beautiful thing. I mean, I think it's a very empowering thing for someone to win a gold medal and, you know, not be like what you would expect, you know, Mm -hmm. and we just even thinking about the word expect, you know what I'm saying? Like when you, when you think fitness, when when the media plugs the fitness image into your brain, you're thinking six packs, very lean, Mm -hmm. you know, um, no body fat visible, but, um, yeah, but oddly, like the shapely curves with the boobs and the butt, like I don't mm. understand. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand why that's like. I'm like I really. Know. When I work out too much, I feel like I'm more flat chested. I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's hilarious. Yeah. Implants. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hello. Spray tans. Also, I recently noticed the tan situation of the fitness world. I'm like, mm. oh, oh, you look so different because you are super bronze. <laughs> Oh, maybe if I was bronze, that would like, I would see, I get it. Okay. That's, you know, like that's what they're trying to pin in your brain, but the the freaking spray tans. Okay. So (laughs) switching gears a little bit, Mm -hmm. I read this, this thing that you were posting and I like totally, it totally resonated with me as I shared with you. I did. Um, and I, I blogged about it kind of, I don't know if, I think everybody's listening to the podcast at this point. Um, (laughs) not as much reading the blog. Um, but you mentioned on your Instagram recently that you encourage your clients to ditch labels like paleo, vegan, etc. And I'd love for mm-hmm. you to kind of discuss your feelings around labeling oneself as a specific eating style. Like I know that – and this is for for the vegans out there that like veganism is a lifestyle and you really resonate with like not wearing the fur, mm-hmm. not buying the leather. That is like, – I understand that that is a completely different thing, but – when I'm talking about food determining your value and like the your food label determining your value based on what you're putting in your body, you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Completely. Yeah. So uh, we 
are not what we eat. <laughs> well, we are like what we eat makes ourselves. our body and ourselves, right? <laughs> but we're not these labels. And so many people, they do, they label themselves as I'm a vegan or I am paleo. And the words I am are so powerful. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you know anything about affirmations and mantras, like the what we put out there and how we say like I am, you could say anything negative about yourself, like that's going to come true. And so we think that like, okay, saying I am vegan, I am paleo, like that we put these rules on ourselves and then we have to live up to these rules of being perfectly paleo and perfectly vegan forever because that's what we are right like Mm -hmm. that's the lifestyle we lead and that's what people know us as and it's really really challenging when you start to see physical symptoms in your body um or for example when I was vegan I was vegan for five years I was raw vegan then I kind of just went to being regular vegan whatever you want to call that Mm -hmm. and I first started um for health reasons but then after five years, I didn't feel well anymore. It wasn't really um, supporting my body. Mm -hmm. And so I had to start eating sustainably like pasture raised organic animal products. And that made my body feel so amazing. And it gave me so much more energy. But the thing what I'm getting at is that our bodies and what we need as far as nutrition changes over time. If you think about it, when you're a baby, when you're first born, you're just having breast milk or formula and then you move on to like wishy foods and then you can finally have solid foods and then like maybe you go through a stage um, in college when you're on your own and you're like eating a bunch of junk food and like pizza and things and then you're like, oh, I want to get healthy or maybe you get really sick and you need to use food as medicine. Like our bodies go through so many different stages and what we nutritionally need changes over time. Like what I need right now and what I eat right now might be completely different than what I'm eating in 10 years. Um, And so when we label ourselves as I am vegan, it goes, gets into our mind that if something comes up, you have to stay in your vegan ways. Like you have to stay in your paleo ways or your 80, 10, 10, like you have to do that. And it creates just like this internal battle, um, mm-hmm. of perfection and maintaining a label as like the good girl or the healthy one and trying to really maintain that level of perfection. That's just, you can't maintain it forever. It's not possible. Mm-mm. And you, I think that a lot of the people who do label themselves as, you know, vegan or they label themselves as paleo and like that's the lifestyle they live, which is great if that also makes you feel good and it's not consuming your entire life. Mm-hmm. Most it's of the so people true. that I'm talking about when I made that post is like that consumes their entire life. They spend 98% of their time thinking about food or thinking about anything in relation to veganism or whatever diet that they're following. Um, They're spending their whole time looking through Instagram and feeds people's recipes. Like those are the types of people like, um, or um, I forget what I was going to say. Actually, this happens to me all the time. So (laughs) sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, I was going to say something. Oh my gosh. It will come to me. (laughs) Um, Well, I was just thinking about what you were saying about just, uh, I've never even really thought about that. But like how your body needs different your what your body needs changes over time. And you're right. Like thinking about being a newborn baby and then thinking about like incorporating new foods into your diet and then yeah, the different stages of life and like women mm-hmm. like even like I mean, for those of you out there that have been on your period or been pregnant mm-hmm. or like anything like that and just noticing all of the things that you can tell that you need or that, you you know, like listen, being able mm-hmm. to, I feel like we're more tapped into our bodies when we're experiencing things like that and, and being like, I feel like I need this or cravings are real and they're usually like derivative from needing a specific nutrient or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, it is really exhausting whenever you do have these boundaries and you're only like, <laughs> come on guys, is it really worth the stress like at the end of the day is it really worth like the guilt and like put it like feeling bad about yourself for not like for either wanting something and like Mm -hmm. not being able to have it and just feeling like deprived and then binging on your 
gluten-free snacks or your whatever right. i don't know like your health food bars or whatever overdoing it went through nice cream even though all you wanted was like i don't know a bite of gelato <laughs> right <laughs> you know? yeah the stress is way worse for you than whatever food that you really truly wanted it could yeah. be like the stress response in our body is really the silent killer i mean it increases your cortisol and insulin and most of the time people don't understand this so yeah they like <laughs> they will avoid a certain food for so long and then they get so stressed out about eating that food or they feel so guilty when they do and that stress this is increasing your insulin levels which literally signal your body to go search for food and if you have this one food in the back of your mind that you're not supposed to eat like that's the food you're gonna want to go search for yeah. and you're gonna go and then you're gonna go crazy on it um, my thought came back to me. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. So a lot of people use these labels as ways of dieting. Um, yep. But they like, it's, you know, clean eating disguised as a diet or veganism disguised as a diet. And they're just like lying to themselves saying that I'm doing this as a lifestyle change. Like I'm doing this to feel good. But really, are you doing it to truly feel good? And because it actually makes you feel really healthy and vibrant and energized? Or are you doing it because you want to change something about your body and you don't like yourself mm -hmm. getting asking yourself that like, do I eat this way because it makes me feel great and I genuinely like to eat this way or am I doing it for other reasons that maybe I haven't really made yeah. the connection yet. Mm -hmm. And I think it's completely normal for food to make you feel awesome and then mm -hmm. not make you feel awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, <'cause> <laughs> Just listen to that. I mean, it is hard to push. Like, I feel like with me personally, like eating gluten free and being vegan for like three years has made me feel amazing. Like not eating meat and like not eating eggs or whatever. I've eaten eggs on and off. I haven't eaten meat since I was really young. But I mean, um, just like I've felt awesome. And then I've felt completely emotionally and hormonally unstable mm -hmm. <laughs> and unbalanced. And that, that it's lasted so long for me that, and like resulted in a bunch of weird things that I've been to the doctor and stuff for that putting eggs back in my diet has made me feel amazing. And I've even considered incorporating some sprouted wheat, mm -hmm. um, because I mean I don't have celiac, so I mean it's worth yeah. it's worth experimenting and seeing if I do have digestive discomfort or any sort of I just don't think I will honestly. I mean I think I'll yeah. be fine. But have you do you have clients that have ever struggled with like going from those orthorexic tendencies? And I'm not saying I struggled orthorexia at all. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like I I felt like that was something that made me feel like I was thriving, and now not so much. You know, like mm -hmm. my body has changed. And I'm sure you've dealt with clients or anyone that's been able to like incorporate different things into their diet in a healthful way. And for those that are listening that are like, oh, well, I eat 100% raw vegan or, oh, mm -hmm. I eat 100% paleo, but I feel like all my body wants is oatmeal or whatever. Do you have any like easing it, easing into it tips? Is it like <laughs> kind of like what you were saying earlier? Just try different things and like listen it's to your- very yeah, it's very similar, um, experimenting with different foods, but really like maybe it's someone who eats very low carb and they mm. are following like a paleo or like a ketogenic type of diet and, but they're craving oatmeal. Actually, I have one client right now and her, her <laughs> assignment was to eat oatmeal. Um, it's kind of like getting into those fear foods. What foods are you really fearful of eating? Mm -hmm. Um, what foods are you craving, but like you're really scared to eat them or you feel like you're going to have an immense amount of guilt to eat them or you believe that you shouldn't eat them because they don't follow the rules of your way of eating. Right. Yeah. Um, and to have that food, but to have it in a very mindful way. So something that is really great to do is like, okay, grab your prettiest bowl or like the most aesthetically pleasing plate that you have. And if you don't have one, like go buy a really nice, cute plate with designs on it. Okay. So it's like actually nice to look at and put whatever food that you want to eat inside of that bowl on that plate, just like one serving of it. It can be a small serving, especially if it's a food that you haven't eaten in a really long time. Like, I don't know about you, like having wheat or something mm -hmm. after a very long time of not having it yeah, you're going to not feel that great after because your body's just not used to it anymore. Mm -hmm. So putting a small serving on it and then 
before you even start eating it, like check in with your body, tune in. Okay. How am I feeling right now? How am I feeling emotionally? Like what thoughts am I having? Maybe it'd be really great to do some journaling on this before you eat. And like, am I having any fear based thoughts? Um, am I excited to eat this? And then allow yourself to eat it breathe most people actually hold their breath while they eat like notice that next time you eat if you're holding your breath and you're just kind of like putting food into your mouth or if you're actually breathing like take a few deep breaths before you start eating it like notice how does this taste to enjoy it try to really receive pleasure out of whatever that you're eating um, and try to eat it slowly so try not to just scarf it down and then be done and over done and over with it because like you were so afraid to eat it because that's going to make you feel worse after. Mm-hmm. And then after, kind of check in with your body. How am I feeling? Like, do I feel good? Do I feel any discomfort anywhere? How am I feeling emotionally? Um, working that out. Do some journaling around that. But trying to reintroduce foods that you haven't eaten in a long time that you want to eat or that you've been thinking about eating, but doing it in a very mindful way. Allow yourself to enjoy it because that's going to put your body into a relaxation response, which is the most ideal mm-hmm. um thing for your body to be able to digest the food because if you're thinking really negative thoughts about the food and you're stressing out about it your body's not going to be able to digest it it's going to completely shut down digestion the stress response within the body completely shuts it down because if you think about it like the stress response was made for emergencies real life threats like Mm -hmm. if you're running from like a bear a tornado is coming at you like your body's not going to think about digesting oatmeal when you're running from a bear Yes. And your body, like, it's smart, but it's not that smart to know <laughs> what you're doing is eating or if you're running from a tornado. So, <laughs> so trying to really breathe and just relax into the environment that you're in and allow yourself to eat that food will make the process afterwards, the aftermath, so much easier on your body and feel better because then you'll be able to actually tune in to be like, oh, is this food, like, actually good for me? Is it actually, like, suiting what I need right now? Or was I just in a stress response and I can't really tell if this body is working well mm-hmm. or if this food is working well in my body because I was so stressed out about it and so in my head. So just trying to really relax and allow yourself to have those foods, which I know is scary, um, mm-hmm. which is why it's helpful to have a coach or even like a friend to eat it with you because yeah. um, it kind of just relieves you a little bit, puts you into that relaxation response. Yeah. I mean, like, and I think that what you just said about the relaxation response and eating, even eating like a giant, perfect, quote, perfect, like healthful Mm -hmm. salad, like filled with superfoods and everything. If like, if you're like looking at your boyfriend or whatever, who's like chowing down on a Sammy and you're like stressed (laughs) and you're like, oh, this is not what I want. Like, ah, Mm -hmm. you're telling your body, like, you're just not, you're not chill and you're probably going to have diarrhea or farts anyway. Like <laughs> you're probably like telling your body to freak out anyway. So if you exactly, can calm yourself you down and eat your toast, it might be better than stressing out over the salad and having farts, yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Even the healthiest foods on the planet can be very unhealthy for you if you're eating them in an unhealthy manner and with a bad mindset. So true. Okay, so we keep talking about um you and your clients and I would we should probably elaborate. Um I would love for you to tell everybody how they can work with you and what it is that you, you know, work with clients on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I'm an eating psychology coach, like I said in the beginning of this. Um, So I work with my one-on-one clients for three months. It's a private mentorship that's completely customized to them. I specialize in binge eating and emotional eating um, and body image. So yeah, if you struggle with (laughs) eating really late at night and stuffing down like gluten-free cookies and mm-hmm. oatmeal like I actually have people who binge on oatmeal and like healthy foods um nice you're cream. eating yeah nice cream um coconut milk ice cream <laughs> um yeah. you're doing that but like you're trying really really hard to maintain like this perfection throughout the day and be really good and eat really well but then something's happening and you're you know going crazy around food and you just feel crazy around food like those are the girls that I work with. I only work with women. Um, sorry, guys, if there's any guys. Probably, probably no guys. <laughs> probably, <not. laughs> probably just my husband um, listening. Yeah. So I work with really women who are just kind of feeling stuck and unhappy with their eating situation. And they just want to feel really good and free. So I have all the information on that on my website. I only take 
two clients a month right now. So starting in October, I don't know when this is going to air, but starting in October, I'll be taking on two more clients. And then I just created an amazing course. I'm super excited for it to launch. Um, It's launching on September 30th, and the actual course starts on October 31st on Halloween. Um, But it's called the Liberated Movement Method. And so this is a course to help women create a healthier relationship with fitness and moving their bodies. It's really just going to force you to become kind of connected and attuned to your body and your mind and your life. And it's a way to infuse movement with kindness and compassion, but also blending it with like strength and playfulness and effort and alignment. So it's a six week course. It includes Pilates videos like that you can do at home um, to help you become embodied and actually get into your body and become more aware of how it's feeling, but also make it fun um, and make you just like feel really good. It includes audio lectures on how to heal your relationship with fitness. Literally every single tool that I've ever used for myself to heal my relationship with fitness and for my clients is in this course. Um, And a bunch of like cool bonus modules on like some on binge eating, but also like on recipes, whole food based recipes for like post-workout, pre-workout, anything that you've ever could think of about having an intuitive relationship with fitness would be in this course. I'm super excited about it. Um, and that is going to be kind of what I lead any clients that have issues with re- with their relationship with fitness mm-hmm. to that course. And then my one-on-one coaching will be for any issues with food and body image. <laughs> oh my gosh. That course sounds insane. It sounds incredible. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, excited. for that. Wow. Um, I think that, cause I'm sure that there are tons of people that are listening that are like, I don't even, I really think that I could benefit from this. So that's amazing that you're making that available for everybody. Um, so you said Halloween, October 31st. Yeah, it's, it's going, yeah, that's when it starts. Um, so actually it's launching on like car opens on the 30th of September. Perfect. I so, think that I am going to yeah. air this like this week. So and it'll be cool. So everybody will be like cool. ready to sign up. Yeah. Okay. Ready to sign up. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we're, we're, we're winding this up. Sadly, I feel like we could talk for freaking ever. Um, so I've got my, um, I've got my quick fire round of questions. Okay. I've got a deep category and then I've got like a goofy category. So we're going to go, okay. we're going to dive in deep and, um, Deep is whatever. It's just more serious. It's not super deep. Okay. So name three things you've accomplished this week to kind of affirm your, um, you know, just kind of like manifest that positivity, everything. You're doing things, moving forward. So name three things that you've accomplished this week. Okay. I have meditated for 20 minutes every single day, which was really hard for me to do in the past. Um, I'm trying a new thing, trying to do 20 minutes of this really great manifestation and meditation every morning. So I've done that. (laughs) It's only Tuesday though. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. But it could be like the whole week, I guess. Like that neck till like last last, Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Then I did it last week too. Um, (laughs) I have gotten a lot of work done on my the launch of my course, which has been really what I've been focusing on, but Mm -hmm. I've been really, really mindful of allowing myself to stop working at a certain point and go to bed because I have that issue when you work on the computer, it's really hard to do that. (laughs) Um, third thing I have done, um, I went in a float tank yesterday, which was good for self care because I've been really stressed out. I Mm. mean, trying to get this course to launch yeah. it's a lot of work to launch a course so um I went in a flow take yesterday I don't know if that's deep but I mean I was deep in the water yeah <laughs> perfect okay three things wow perfect okay so what would you like to see more of in the world Ooh, I would love to see more laughter mm, yeah you know I know that's not really deep but no it is more lightness and not having people be so freaking uptight about everything, especially when it comes to food and exercise. I just had a joke with one of my friends yesterday. We were on a call and we were like, we need to use a hashtag called smoothies. Smoothie bowls are not God because people like <laughs> so true. seriously are like so obsessed with their smoothie bowls and like, oh my gosh, the perfect acai bowl. Like, no, oh smoothie bowls are not God. Like, seriously, just laugh about it and loosen up a little bit. 
Yeah, come on. That's so perfect. <laughs> More laughter and love. Yeah, that's yes. what the world needs. <laughs> yes, I love that. Okay, so what's something your inner critic or your inner mean girl always says to you? Who? And what can you say back? Um, it could be now. It can, it's probably like a recurring theme that you've probably, mm-hmm. you know, beaten in the uh, past. And so it can just be anything that is a constant struggle for you that you – and what you say back. So it's like – it can be like, I don't even let it bother me, but I do hear this sometimes, and this mm-hmm. is what I say. Yeah. Yeah. So my inner critic doesn't come up that much, but when it does now, it's always, I'm not doing enough. Um, That's pretty Yeah, I'm not doing enough. Yeah. And so what I say back to that is, um, yeah, you are. Shut up, inner mean girl. Like, <laughs> you are definitely doing enough. You're doing so much that, you know, you don't have a million hours a day. You only have 24 hours in a day and you're doing enough. You're fine. You're going to be going where you need to. You're on the right path. Like just reassuring myself that, I'm okay. I'm enough. I'm doing enough. This is good. Everything will work out. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going into the funny questions. Okay. okay. So <laughs> what would your superhero name be and what would your power be? Man, <laughs> hard for me. I know. It's hard. Oh, okay. I think let me start with the power and then maybe we can create a name. Okay. Um, my power would probably be to be – I would love to be like invisible – Okay. <laughs> like, like sneak up on people and then <laughs> like either like listen to what they're saying or like scare them but like in a funny way scare them because I always like try to scare my friends but it never works <laughs> oh um gosh. so what can my name be I don't know okay um I don't know I don't know uh everything Amanda is like everything is like a joke like amanda hug and kiss like things like that like that's all i can think amanda a woman i don't know i don't know we'll have to get back to that yeah, we'll have to think about next it next time we talk i'll have to i'll check back in with that a couple people never know what to say so i mean i don't know what mine would be okay so what's one food that you hate not i mean obviously you don't have any food fears but like what's one food that you genuinely do not like like gag gross sauerkraut Ugh. girl i love me some uh-huh. sauerkraut yeah oh it makes me gag like literally <laughs> <laughs> any other fermented food i'm good with but sauerkraut like the smell of it i just like <sighs> it's a little no. gross the smell is pretty funky um yeah the taste of it too for me yes okay you can take probiotics it's okay um okay so what's your favorite dessert and this can be specific like to a restaurant and if it is a restaurant i'll just link it in the show notes um okay. but it can be like general statement as well favorite dessert ever i have two okay i'm a big dessert girl i make these amazing cookies out of almond butter and raw honey and eggs and um chocolate chips like that's it and they taste literally like toll house cookies out of the oven i'm gonna They're make those cake. today i want cookies <laughs> yeah i will send you the recipe for them yes. um and then from a restaurant the brownie sundae with coconut milk ice cream from Cafe Gratitude is like oh, it's always like, Cafe Gratitude. I want to go there. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, Cafe Gratitude. I'm writing it down, even though uh, I already know. Um, <laughs> I was already I was like reading the menu to my husband the other day because um, the obvious ever it keeps coming up in my feed, and we live in you know Nashville, so it's like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want here okay so last question is what's your weirdest obsession and it can be like what's your weirdest pet peeve like if people are chewing their nails or whatever mm-hmm. yeah weirdest obsession I don't really have any pet peeves um oh I do actually have a pet peeve people who walk slow oh I I'm a fast walker yeah. I'm a really fast walker and people who they just like stroll like it really gets on my mall. nerves and I have a lot of, yeah, I have a lot of friends who are like strollers because they're like so carefree and they're like hippies. And I'm just like, oh, I gotta walk fast. I gotta walk fast. I have to like slow myself down and be like, breathe. Walking slow is okay. Slow down. But then other obsessions, like I'm obsessed with dogs, like obsessed with dogs. Me too. Me too. Do you have a dog? I do have a dog. His name is Charlie. Charlie Charles. Um, I'm like that with the slowing down and the speeding up. Like I'm like that in my car. But I mean, not like I'm a speed demon, but like in traffic, I like, yeah. I have to tell myself like the universe is going to slow you down if you don't yeah. like, it, it's going to slow you down if you don't just like pace yourself and like moderately drive, like just relax and change Breathe. your energy. Stop trying to pass these people. Relax. Cause then you'll catch yeah. all the red lights. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it goes. Um, okay. So I'm going to obviously link everything in the show notes, but where can everyone find you? 
Yeah, so they can find me on my website, Amanda Duran, G-Y-U-R-A-N.com. No one knows how to spell it. It's okay. Um, and then Instagram, same thing, Amanda Duran. And on Facebook, I you can either just follow my personal page. I don't really use my business page. Or I have a really cool group that I run with three other eating psychology coaches called Untamed Ooh. for women who want to live beyond their limits. Um, so you can join that. It's a free Facebook group, Untamed. Just search for Untamed in Facebook or facebook.com slash group slash I am Untamed. Um, so that's a free support group. So I'm in there oh. every day talking and I'm gonna join yeah you should I want to be in there yeah Instagram is my jam it's my main source you have an awesome freaking Instagram so inspirational (laughs) thank you so yeah okay pretty simple well thank you so much for coming on the show I like can't believe all of the um well you're so welcome all of the nuggets of just inspiration that were drenched out of this conversation but um yeah thank you so much Thank you, Carson. It was amazing.